0: Hi, I'm Mackenzie. I have autism, but this podcast isn't really
1: about that exactly. And I'm Andrea. I'm friends with Mackenzie. What our podcast is about is conversations and connections.
0: It's about how we are the same and how we are different.
1: For each episode, Mackenzie and I interview a different guest. Some of our guests experience intellectual and developmental disabilities, also known as IDD and some don't we talk about friendship family adulthood and when it comes up disability
0: our podcast is called everybody in because we are so interested in everybody so let's get get
2: started
1: Hey everybody, I'm Andrea Moore, one of your hosts for Everybody In, a podcast conceived and produced by the Wayfaring Band. And here, my heart, the other half of my of myself, my dear friend, my love,
0: Mackenzie. <laughs> What's up everybody? I'm Mackenzie Bove nickel and I am the co-host for Everybody In thanks for joining us
1: yes thank you so much for tuning in uh i'm already feeling a little bit emotional because it's our last episode of season two. two oh i'm <laughs> like is it a whoop whoop or is it kind of a <laughs> wow a womp womp um it's been a ride yeah it has any it's highlights been amazing it's yeah. been amazing yeah have you enjoyed the ride Mackenzie? yeah getting to meet new people and Listen to the stories and all of that stuff. Me too. I've had we've had so many fun guests and some really good conversations. Uh, you know, you and I. I think we've been. This has been a really cool journey. And I remember, we have a really exciting guest, of course, because in season one, for those of you listeners who've been following us since the beginning of the Everybody in podcast, in season one, we got to know our co-host Faith, and then at the very last episode of season one, we had faith's sisters maggie and marina on as guests and we got to have a little bit more of that personal connection um now we've had some conversations throughout the season about a very special person in Mackenzie's life and uh that's how we're going to close this out so Mackenzie, who is our guest today oh my gosh it's my mom it's Mackenzie's <laughs> mom oh terencia <laughs> um yes your mom has agreed to join us and at the beginning of the season I kind of said to you at one point, what if we had your mom?
0: I was like, I w- oh, no. Yeah, what did you say? you were like, like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you actually
1: said she, you didn't think she would do it.
0: No, because we were talking about it, and she's like, eh, not really feeling it. But then I just kept on asking her, you need to do this podcast.
1: <laughs> well, and meanwhile, I kind of always thought she might do it. But um, before we introduce her, I, I want to say about your mom. Your mom is obviously a very special person in your life, but she's very. also a very special person in my life. Um, maybe I'll wait and say this to her. <laughs> Should we introduce her first? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. let's go. Um, welcome, Terencia. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Vision's <laughs> of <She ends up laughs> this look on her face, like that was kind of a lot, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? Are you excited to be here today? yeah <laughs> I think so. If it was a little cooler in here, I'd be more excited. I know the sound booth does get it is a hot box. It's a hot hey. box. It's all right yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a fan listeners if you hear some uh what sounds like the flapping of wings, <laughs> that's just us trying to stay cool <laughs> in here um let's talk a little bit about the format and then we'll let Terencia tell us more about herself um. Now typically, Mackenzie, when we have a neurotypical guest, you take the lead. Yes. However but
0: <laughs> today Today Andrea's gonna be taking my place. Yeah. And she's gonna ask both me and my mom questions.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna hijack. It's a hijack situation. It's all right. I yeah. give you this time, but next time won't be really good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll you can do this to me someday too. Maybe I mean I'm sure my mom would be down. But I do, I want to give us a chance. We've covered a lot of ground over the season. Um, We've heard a little bit about your dynamic with your mom and just a little bit about your story. And I would love the chance, and I think our listeners would enjoy the chance to get to know both of you a little bit better. Um, But just to, and I think a lot of other families are curious sometimes about these dynamics of like, you know, taking a child from, you know, being a baby to being an adult. (laughs) Like the journey, this is the journey that people are on. So... Thanks for being willing to let me hijack the format. No problem. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, Terencia, thank you for being here. We're you're happy welcome. you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, just some top level anything that you want to share with our listeners?
2: Well, let's see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm many years,
2: I wanted to be a nurse from the time I was 8 years old when I read my first uh, Cherry Ames mystery novel. It was like Nancy Drew. This was way back in the fifties, fifties, early sixties, and she solved mysteries. So I—that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a nurse from the time I was eight, and then I got into college and had to brush somebody's teeth, and I—I thought I was going to throw up. <gasps> and I was like, "Oh my God, what did I do?" <laughs> so I wound up going into psych nursing. And was in psych nursing for a number of years. Um, I love nursing. I love nursing because of the nurturing that goes into it and mm. the critical thinking, that combination, and the advocacy. And that um, is kind of how I live my life. So that's how I've lived my parenting life, too. Mm. Um, that um, I always knew I wanted to be a parent. I wasn't sure what that would look like. Um, I thought about adopting older kids. I thought about um, adopting as a single parent. And then I met the kids' dad. And we did the typical kind of thing with IVF a couple of times, which is in vitro fertilization. And on the second the second time, the first time failed. The second time, I can remember where we were on Highway 285. We lived in the mountains. Um, their dad's an artist. Lived in this beautiful setting in the mountains. And we were driving up up a long, long hill. And I was like, what if this one fails? Then what do we do? And all of a sudden, it's like l- like just kind of like a cartoon light bulb that went off in my head that we can... Ad- and it was like mm. a like my it was like I made up the word or something because it all of a sudden it fit perfectly for me. Mm. And so we started um, we started the process, took some classes and we took a class from um, a couple of people that it was called Black is Brown is Tan and these two women between the two of them had adopted, I think, eight or ten children between the two of them they had two these were two separate families Um, and they they were all brown kids Hmm. and it 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 made me start thinking in a different way about forming your family and so the one thing that I thought was so cool was that Their dad and I, every Tuesday night was adoption night. And we talked, we talked about things that most couples don't, they just, I mean, when would it come up in your relationship? Um, What would it be like for you to have a brown child? I mean, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't come up if you're a white couple.
1: Well, let me ask you this. So when you were in these classes, were all of the couples white?
2: they were mixed. Okay. So there were some white couples and there were some biracial couples. Okay. And but
1: you and your partner were both white both, white, both white. Okay. Yeah.
2: And and it was, you know, starting to I'm really visual, so I is starting to be be able to see a child of a different color. What would that look like in our family? What would their lives look like? Um, and then just you know, starting from the the with the premise that um, any child that would come into your family by adoption is coming in with this incredible loss. They're starting from a point of loss, and then on top of that, they don't look like they don't look like they don't look like you. They don't have. Um, their point of reference is not there either so they don't have a parent that looks like them.
1: Um, so you were in a place of trying to visualize if, I- mm-hmm. I- of like what how, how does how does that feel to the child I'm bringing into our home and right. is, is this the experience that we want to have? And right. Is that the experience? That we wanna that wanna offer? Can they do that? Can, mm-hmm. What would that be like? Um,
2: is that possible? It's going to happen, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily, I mean, it isn't going to happen. We have control over whether it happens in our family. But that child, that birth mother is making a decision for whatever reason. Um, I don't think it's a, a decision that any birth ch- birth parent makes lightly. I, I can't even imagine right. how difficult that would be to, to do. Uh-huh. Um, but that decision is made and that child's going to go into a family um, that isn't their birth family, and would we would be would would we be able to um, empathize? I think um, to the degree that 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 would require. Uh-huh.
1: Let me a- thank you for starting us uh, this is actually of course exactly where i wanted to start which was the beginning (laughs) which is so great so thank you for taking us there mackenzie what is it like to hear this part of the story is this a story you've heard many times before what goes through your head when you hear this part of your mom's story
0: um i hear like she would tell us tell me bits and pieces of it so it's kind of cool listening to
1: the whole entire thing i guess so some of it feels new to hear it kind of mm-hmm. all in a piece like that, yeah, okay, so Terencia, when you you were and Mackenzie's dad were getting to the point of having these classes and conversations and 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 was there a point of yes, this is us, not just the, it sounds like yes, adoption, but then yes, also, this idea of adopting a, a child of color into your home felt like this is the journey we wanna be on there and there
2: there was it it was um when <coughs> excuse me when i realized we, we got we knew we were going to do this and you get this these papers to fill out and they're um what kind of child are you looking for um and they're they're so specific they're specific to the color of hair
1: the color of eyes? I mean it it is the creepiest I was thing just gonna say the is the it creepy? World. It oh sounds creepy. God, it is creepy. Do you remember the movie The Electric Grandmother? <coughs> now I'm dating <coughs> myself here. I know you don't, Mackenzie. You're far too young. But there was this thing of they where like the kids got to build an electric grandmother and they went to a factory where they picked out exactly the color hair and exactly the eyes. I mean, this is eugenics, right? It's kind of oh. terrifying. Yep. And that's how, that's what it 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 just didn't feel good. Okay. <coughs>
2: Excuse me um it but what I realized in that process is that we were no longer controlled by our own biology, so we mm-hmm. could choose um we we could choose kids of color we our family could look like we want the world to look mm. um that was i mean it just that was another one of the it was a Tuesday night talk, and it was like so exciting. Mm. Um, to realize that, okay, I don't like filling out these papers, and it it creeps me out. But the flip side of that is that now I get to choose how my family looks, um, mm. and not not in a specific way, but in a big picture way. Okay. Um, and so we signed up for a minority program, and um, nine months after we. My nine months after our home study was finished, um, we got a call about Skyler, McKenzie's <laughs> older brother. And then the, um, the whole adoption climate in Denver changed. Their, the black social workers movement um, was vehemently opposed... To kids of color being placed in white families, and and I think for for some very good reasons. Um, yeah,
1: can we say a little bit about? Because I want to. Cu- I know that you're very aware of these reasons. Can you say a little bit about what some of the risks are, or some of the reasons n- that maybe people would be worried about that? I mean, there it's the the way
2: the Black Social Workers um, Union looks at it is it, they see it as cultural genocide. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you have to honor that. I mean, you have to have some respect for that because it is very difficult. If you grew up with white skin and white privilege mm-hmm. to, um, raise a child who is in deeply embedded in black culture is, it's it's, it's, in, it's really hard to do. In
1: an authentic way, particularly, yeah. right? And yeah. not in the, Yeah, not not yeah, just okay, these are
2: way. yeah, black foods and we'll celebrate Kwanzaa kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to do. Um so so I you know I mean there
1: So there became a movement away so from that. So there was that. a movement away okay. from that
2: and there so we waited four years because we'd started the process um six months after we got um, Skyler, we started the process again, or a year, I guess it was a year afterwards, um, for the next one. And my, both mine and Richard's thought was that if you are, uh, if you're part of a minority culture, you should have the right to be in the majority somewhere, and that should be in your family. So mm. the we decided not to do the um, one kid from different. Uh, okay, nations, um, kind of mm-hmm. thing, but whatever birth mother selected us for the first child, that was that would be um, what we would stick with, okay. and and so since um, Skyler's uh, parents, birth parents, were both African American, we chose to stay with the next child would be full African American as well, okay. um, but then because of the change in how we were viewed. Um, we wound up waiting four years, four and a half years before we got our second child, which who was mm-hmm. Mackenzie. <laughs> um,
1: <gasps> special person. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: so, and was Skyler adopted as a baby then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Skyler
2: was uh, two weeks. Mm-hmm. He was three weeks and Mackenzie was two weeks. Okay. We she's about to home. correct <laughs> you. She's like, yeah, yes, she's yes, like, yes, uh-uh, yes. wrong. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Now, this is interesting, Terencia. So, um, you know, we, The very first episode of season two, Mackenzie, if I can take you back, was when we interviewed Jenny Medrano. Mm -hmm. And you remember what some of the conversations we had with Jenny were about? Mm. Mm, She's like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) No offense, Jenny. (laughs) But it ended up with you guys holding hands and walking down the street. One of the questions that Jenny asked you was about, we talked a lot about race Mm -hmm. in that very first episode. And we talked a lot about... um, Jenny was coming from the perspective of a a Latina and a Mexican-American and talking about some of the historic uh, mistrust or misunderstanding, miscommunications between black and brown communities in this country. Um, And and we talked a little bit about race right at the beginning of the season. So it's interesting kind of coming back around Mm -hmm. and thinking about how this has been a salient part of your family's world for a long time. Do you hearing your mom sort of speak to this, is there anything that you want to add about growing up in a home? Did you ever have a moment where you were like, "Um, my parents are white, and, huh, this is different than other kids? Or do you remember a point in your youth when you sort of clicked in to that, or did that moment not happen? I don't think that moment happened. Um, Sometimes I was a
0: little embarrassed, like, going into school, but everybody knew... Everybody knew my mom cuz of Skylar. So because because would say more about that. Um, I think I know what you mean, but I want to make sure I'm, <laughs> okay. I I want to make sure I get it. So like me and Skylar went to the same school for a little while and okay. so my mom would be there all the time and so everybody knew that our parents were white
1: and so okay. I don't
0: really ha- I didn't really have that
1: like wasn't news. No. Cuz you were the second child, so they already knew that. Yeah. When you
0: say a little bit embarrassed. Oh because they mean? didn't look like me. And then I would have to explain why. And Do you didn't have memories of having to do that?
2: No, I don't. No. I, I, I remember um, in high school you talking about um, that that some people would assume that you were a foster child. Because oh, they yeah. would see me. And how disturbing that was to you. And do you it remember was. that, Mackenzie?
1: A little bit. I've locked a lot of stuff out, so. Uh, even if you don't remember the specific incident now, do you have some thoughts about why that might be a distinction for you that that would have impacted you? The difference between being fostered or being adopted? Mm, no. Not now? Mm-mm. Okay. M- Terence, do you remember anything about the that incident in particular that, that she mentioned at that time?
2: no it just it was painful for her. Um, that I mean that's what that's what I remember and it was hard um, it was it was um, an assumption that she didn't have a permanent family
1: mm-hmm. um, does this go back to the issue of belonging of you know this idea of not having a permanent family right of like of this assumption that 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 we might not belong Mm -hmm. somewhere Mm -hmm. you know like that that's like the bell that gets rung for me around this is this idea of like having to explain yourself to people where it's like really nobody's business anyway but then this idea that like oh i have to explain to you who i am what what i mean blah 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 um that, that that's painful to think about but it you know
2: it, i think it isn't it isn't that that i mean that that's the surface that having to cuz you don't have to explain it to anybody i mean i when when people would come up to us in the grocery store and say oh are those your foster kids i just say well what why do you need to know that mm-hmm. i mean it's just but it's the questions that you then ask yourself and that with the questions that Mackenzie then asks herself, does she belong? Um, mm-hmm. Does she have a family? And
1: she mm-hmm. does.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
1: we mm-hmm. talked a lot about that actually, right? I mean, there was a an episode where we talked about you and your mom and your family, like co-authoring your story, like d- that. You you have an origin story. This is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the story. Um, tell me, Mackenzie, about some of your strongest memories of being young what are some of your favorite memories with your mom with your dad brother just like what what are some of those what was it like being little in in your house
0: well it's really funny because me and my mom were kind of talking about it um well not talking about it but um so I was always in this hyper aroused um like not really in my body when I was little, so I blocked a lot of stuff out when I was little. Mm-hmm. So I don't really remember, like, um, I do remember running well, I didn't run away from home, but
1: uh, oh, you I used to run away from <laughs> home, home regularly <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> running away. Um,
1: but it was just like to a tree. I was or gonna say, like is a, this like pack a bag, go <laughs> outside, stand on the neighbor's porch, or like what? No, it
0: was pack a bag go to this like tree i used to r- really love and stay there for like five minutes and come Screw back will you <laughs> i'm leaving this family <laughs> and i would just pull my wagon with it with everything um so this is but, like when
1: you were younger than 10 yeah this is oh, like a child yeah, okay like
0: five or four um I'm but, here. <laughs> but oh <laughs> or three <laughs> yeah keep going down um and this other story was uh we were me and my brother were playing at a friend's house, I think I was like two, <laughs> and I just decided to uh go <laughs> go to my brother's friend Collins because I just wanted to hold his rat and <laughs> so I kid you not, I walked over uh like it was like a hot like when you were in the
1: mountains, oh, when you were up in the mountains, yeah, yeah, she yeah. left. And, and didn't know where she no was. she was
2: at she was they were across the street playing oh at God. a friend's house mm-hmm. and across the the dirt road, which I mean was a ways anyway, and she walked down into a valley where there was a pond and then up on the <gasps> other side then she had to climb survive another parenthood? I mean this I mean, it was twisty and windy to get to this other house that was as remote as ours was and um, she went. I got a call from <laughs> their mom, Vicky saying. Guess who I have? And I was. Where I mean, did I you think no clue. she was? She was across the street playing with the, the kids that lived across she the dirt road. She left there. She left and there. And then went. Yeah. Oh, so you had. You were like. No, she I thought stays she was across over across the street. Yeah. And she's vanished and gone yeah. across the their, valley. Their parents were home. She's she was there. She was supposed to be there playing with Skylar and Hannah and Daniel. And no, she, she had gone. I, and oh my God. She, I feel really bad for that. That other was parent. the <laughs> first, you know, the first time I realized she has a, she has this GPS in her head. She can she find herself. Exactly oh, she knew it. exactly where she was going. I mean, I, 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 if I had tried to leave from their house to go to Vicki's house, I would have gotten lost. And I lived up there. Oh God. Um, she j- took no roads.
1: So this is interesting. I mean, I kind of want to go back. Mackenzie, you said that there was some time, you know, when you were younger talking about being hyper aroused. Now, that's something that like I know what you mean by that. Not everybody will know what that means necessarily. Can you say a little bit more about what does that mean? Like, I know you don't remember some of the details, but can you say a little bit more about how that might be different from like a typical uh, that some other kid, you know, like what, what was different for you? What did that
0: mean for you? Um, so hyper aroused means to me, um, like my body was just not in my body. So like I felt like a ghost, I guess, um, like just going places. So it's not like, I was just really, I wasn't like hyper of sugar. I was hyper of emotions. Okay. So it was more like emotions and feelings. And so like really bad feelings, um, um, before you
1: had the tools to know yeah. how to manage them. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, so I would just block all of the bad memories out, mm-hmm. even though I guess w- I did have good memories too, but I would block those
1: out too. Um, and so, yeah. Well, and I'm kind of interested. Uh, there's a couple things here. Like, so one, Terentia, I'm going to go back to your mom. Fine. <laughs> well, because I'm, I'm interested, you know, when you when any parent has a child, no matter how this child comes into our life when a parent right. is parenting right there is the whole the whole thing is uh, is the unknown right we have a mm-hmm. lot of illusions we carry these expectations but in reality no parent knows what is in store for their child you nope. just show up and do the best you That's can exactly so right. tell us a little bit Terentia, um in in terms of because we do discuss your autism mac from time to time on the show right mm-hmm. um i'm kind of curious as a family w- when when you were two weeks old and adopted, I assume that diagnosis was not in place. Was there a journey that you were on as a family to kind of understand some of these behaviors or experiences? And, and, and what was that process for you as a mother?
2: So, you know, I think when you form your family by adoption, you look at things through the framework of adoption and when you look at um, behaviors in kids that came into their family by adoption, you look at it in terms of loss. Um, I mean, I think that's that's where you start, um, or at least that's where we started. Um, in the process, so, so we did some attachment therapy. Um, Skylar also had attachment therapy. Um, and then their dad um was diagnosed with f t d which is frontal temporal lobe degeneration and once he was you know and this there there was a whole lot that went on you know between attachment and and his diagnosis but um lots tons of details but the broad picture is that with him getting a diagnosis of a neurodegenerative brain disease, because um, FTD is, I mean, it's it's degenerative, it's um, progressive. Mm-hmm. It made me start looking at her more through the framework of is there something neurologic? Is there a neurologic piece rather than um, it it being driven by just loss? Because it ne- that never felt quite right, mm-hmm. um, and so that started the the, the journey towards getting um, a diagnosis, and so that we could uh, you know number one, you get a diagnosis, you have a much better chance of getting services. Right. Um, But also, that gives you some tools. It gives you access to some tools, um, therapies that might be helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. What she struggled with is not having words. She didn't have words to say what it felt like to be inside of her body. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I remember, you know, at two, we had this shelf in our house. Um, It was called the binky shelf. Mackenzie couldn't tolerate the sensation of her tongue touching any part of her mouth except for strictly midline, um, and she would just start screaming. So the binky helped keep her tongue at midline, and you know you'd walk down the hall, and you'd see the binky shelf is empty, and it would just be this mad scramble, Fine. all three of us, to find the binkies and get them because she'd be walking along and she would just drop it out of her mouth. And then if she had something that she needed to do to move her tongue, that would move her tongue, that's when the screaming would start. And so that would soothe her immediately. She could get her tongue back in midline.
1: Um, I mean, I'm trying to imagine the journey you're on as a parent, though, to even be able to know that that's what's happening, that that by itself must have been time, To figure out oh this is about the sensation that 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 doesn't seem intuitive necessarily right away but you just know oh the pacifier helps the pacifier helps
2: and then you look at she's having she's struggling with words she's not she's not getting words Mm -hmm. um she's not developing words she just stands below she wants a drink of water she stands below the cupboard that has the glasses in it and just screams at the top of her lungs. (laughs) Um, She can't even point to it. You're special, Mackenzie. Um. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Um, so So then that to me the next logical step then is is to look at a speech therapist mm-hmm. and the speech therapist was the one who realized that she couldn't move her tongue from midline and she didn't um, want to talk
1: there's no right there's no reason for her to talk cuz right. it, it triggers this oh, thing of like the sensation yeah, this with her horrible tongue horrible sensation for her so okay.
2: then we did you know we did some desensitization um, and that really was helpful um, it decreased the, the screaming. But the other thing is is that I was in my 40s. When we brought her home, I was 46. I mm-hmm. wasn't, I, it, my whole focus was on those kids. I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't striving in my career. I mm-hmm. wasn't trying to build anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in the setting that I wanted to live in. Um, Richard was an artist that he supported us very well it I didn't have any I didn't need to focus outside of them and so it gave me the time I mean I I couldn't have done this in my my 20s or 30s I wouldn't have been good at it well
1: that's the thought I'm having too of just like you know no parent is an expert at anything about being a parent everybody everybody's learning as you go but then thinking about things like yeah the time resources to be mm-hmm. able to to have yeah. the time and space to investigate something like that yep. and class right to have access to things like speech oh therapy my or oh god yeah. yeah there's a lot to consider at what point did you get a diagnosis uh, let's
2: see children's had just brought back robin gabriels they sent robin gabriels to the she's a side d at uh, children's hospital that special. she specializes in autism uh, autism spectrum disorder so she they had just she had just come back from the Cleveland Clinic and where they had sent her for two years of study and Mackenzie was one of the first people that she saw at Children's it just I mean there are so many serendipitous things that happened that have happened in our lives I mean it's just mm-hmm. to me I, I, I am amazed at how the where where these things intersected and just how fortunate we've been
1: all the way through this, all the way to meet through. the right people. Oh, and yeah. And how old were you, Mackenzie? When do you know mm-hmm. how old you were when, when you went to see that woman and at Children's mm-hmm. Hospital and got the diagnosis? I think
0: I was in elementary.
1: You were seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. And what did that give you, Terencia? Because I know this is still part of your young, your youth, Mac. Where where some of these memories you said are not necessarily there for you that you mm-hmm. didn't feel in your body during that time. Um, but as a mother, Trentia, what did that give you once you had the diagnosis? It gave me power. Okay. It gave me the power to be able to say, then you need to treat
2: it. Um, you need to provide the resources for her. Who? Dicquet, Children's Hospital? Children's Hospital. Okay. Um, insurance. Um, because that that was before there was parity, um, before there was any kind of legislation, because all of her therapies were being paid out of pocket. Oh, my gosh. And so... There was there wasn't any parity, and, and that was in, despite the fact that we also carried insurance and paid insurance every month. Um, but that was, um, and it also made her eligible for Medicaid. And okay. once she had Medicaid, oh my gosh, that opened up the world for her.
1: People ask why we fight for Medicaid, oh and my like for God. those for those folks who don't know why Medicaid is so oh. critically important. Um, I mean, this is massive in our community, right? Just So when you, have, those supports. So you,
2: you have a speech therapist, you have an OT, um, you have yeah, an okay. occupational therapist, you have um, a behavior therapist, you have, um, I mean, she had a, five or six different therapists at one time, all all treating her at the same time, and none of them spoke to each other. And I remember sitting in the school social worker's office and just crying Saying, I can't be her case manager, too, mm. because I couldn't get teachers to call therapists or therapists to speak to each other. Once she had Medicaid, then she could have day treatment at the okay. Tennyson Center where every, everything was in the same place and they were all on the same page. Oh, my God, what a difference that made. Huge
1: difference. Mackenzie, you're nodding. Hmm. What do you remember about that time? Do you remember a difference? Yeah, I was in, like,
0: three other schools, or maybe five. Five other elementary schools. They didn't know how to teach me. They didn't know anything, like, when I would break down. They didn't know how to help me. Um, And
1: then, um, uh, yeah when you went to tennyson center did you Um, feel like they had some more skills
0: yeah like i i could start feeling a little bit normal but not a lot because i was highly medic i had a lot of medicine so um like just um get just knowing that i could get supports in schools after tennyson center and that's what happened for a little while for um when I went into third, third grade, third to fifth grade, yeah. Um, Fairview. Yeah, Fairview. It was this. Oh, Miss Shauna. Oh my gosh, she was like the best teacher ever. Nice. Shout out to Miss Shauna. <laughs> oh. <She>, um <laughs> they're she still in touch. Yeah. Nice. Um. She um, she she was gonna leave to go to a different like she wanted to go travel to be a teacher, and she stayed just for me to be able
2: to have one more
0: year one more school. year at uh fairview wow um, they like had like a little like if i got like kind of stressed out they had like a little quiet room to go into um they had like a corner for me to go into just mm. to do She's um, so intuitive she was an incredible teacher yeah mm. and this um, was
2: her first years
0: wow yeah um and like i just remember every time we would come in cuz like i i do remember that i had a lot of i uh, i had a hard time doing transitions mm-hmm. and so every like transition we would come back and we would do the melt um meaning like you would do like a crossover situation and i see you crossing your yeah. limbs uh-huh. um and our legs and then we just would listen to like this classical music for like five minutes with the lights down with yeah. the lights low okay and, and then
1: you would melt what into the floor into into
0: yeah. their desk into the wow. desk and this uh for like five minutes and then um we all of the kids felt good afterwards
1: um I love that you still remember that from elementary school, like a technique like that. It it shows me that, first of all, as an individual, you really can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Like you can have a huge impact on someone's life. And even like you said, those were her early years as a teacher. It's not that she was like top of her field, Ph.D., blah, blah, blah. But just she was intuitive. That was the word you used. She was intuitive. And it sounds like she listened to you. Yeah. Um,
0: And she was really connected with my family, too. So like we would do stuff. Like in the summertime, or nice. um, just to give my mom a break too, of not nice. having my behaviors all over the place.
1: Well, I'm guessing she got a lot out of it herself. I'm yeah. I'm guessing it was reciprocal that she and you know also had a relationship with you that benefited her. I think there's a lot of pressure on teachers sometimes, like they have to know how to differentiate for every single student and have mm-hmm. the answer for every single different need. When in reality, what you're describing sounds pretty human. Mm-hmm. You know, she was magical. magical
2: human um and that was before you were on medications oh
1: was it yeah oh cool (laughs) well that's good because meds aren't everything you just described a practice you know and we all have different practices right there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of things some of us do physical things some meditative or spiritual based or whatever i mean there's a lot of a lot of tools and and most of us use more than one i i want to acknowledge something which is that we're talking about a territory, a a period of your life that this is personal. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, and, and there's some emotion attached to being a young person struggling with, I mean, this is true for all people, but I mean, in particular, I just want to say that out loud that like, this is, this is, um, this is personal. Mm -hmm. And, and part of why I'm grateful to both of you for sharing some of these personal stories with our, our greater community is that you know? We've been spending a whole season, Mackenzie, getting getting to know you better, mm-hmm. and I think most of our listeners would probably say that w- the woman we've gotten to know is a self possessed, intelligent, mm-hmm. independent, you know, woman with with ideas and 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 creativity and who's extremely accomplished. I mean, we've been listening to you talk about being a, an ambassador for Worlds, Special Olympics, and you know, all of these things that you do. And what's really valuable to me about about this moment is getting to connect some of those dots and be like, oh, guess what? (laughs) Like you've had a journey Mm -hmm. like you weren't born this star athlete, you know, with all these tools to be able to like manage your emotions and learn how to communicate. And like you had to learn this. You worked hard. hard. You worked hard. And as a family, you know, you worked hard. I want to ask before we go into the break, I want to kind of ask one more question. And this is really Mackenzie, I'll start with you, but Mm -hmm. I, uh, you're also a mother and a daughter, right? Yes. (laughs) Which is like, which is a very ordinary relationship. It's, you know, there are a lot of people who, who are mothers and daughters. (laughs) Can you Mackenzie going back to thinking about just being a young person anyway up through high school, you know, from, from very young until high school, how would you characterize your relationship with your mom (laughs) in those days when you were younger? What was it like? It was hard. It was really hard.
0: What made it hard? Just to connect with her. Um, cause we kn- I knew how to do her buttons and she knew how to pr- press my buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just did not know how to communicate with each other until um we got all of the right people to help us talk our feelings out to each other. Um man, just I think just um just all of the supports that we had to get
1: through the hard times. And what was it? Was it hard? Was it yelling, screaming, "Get away yeah. from me, mom! I don't um, want to talk to you." Mom. It was
0: hitting, spitting, biting.
1: You to kicking. her, I assume, not her to you. No. <laughs> <Me>. I assume, <laughs> I, I, I assume I, I, I I that was directional. I did, no. I did not. Did. It like, I never hit her, spit <laughs> at her. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, from child to
0: adult. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, hitting, spitting, pinching. Mm-hmm. Um, Kicking. Mm-hmm. Like all all of the above. Uh name calling. Um, yeah. Pretty hard just to imagine now. Like, wow, I was a, that was a tough kid. <laughs> uh, sorry for that. Um <laughs> Um All kids are tough. I know, but this uh, the throwing oh. cold water in her face. <laughs> mm. <laughs>
1: so and were there other memories, too? I mean, was that... Did that feel like most of the time that you felt frustrated like that while you were learning those skills, or do you have other memories, too? Uh,
0: d- mostly the negative memories.
1: Are the ones I mean that uh, stuck. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, I just... Like, she would talk about coming into my room when I was sleeping, when I was little, and mm-hmm. I... She would, like, stroke my head, and um, I would start, like, I would smile, and she said she knew a good kid was in there. So yeah
1: well b- wow you got some <laughs> emotions <laughs> yeah i know i just did <laughs> and tell me more mackenzie why did that make you feel emotional uh knowing
0: that she w- wouldn't go away she's gonna stay with me and all of that stuff and not give up on on me when the
1: hard times and all of that stuff yeah Let's take a quick break. We'll get some tissues and uh, we'll be right back. Bye. The Wayfaring Band is an adventure where everybody belongs. But we're not a rock and roll band, are we, Mackenzie? No. So what type of band are we? We are a band of travelers. A band of travelers, right. So the Wayfaring Band creates original transformative adventures for adults with and without intellectual and developmental disabilities. But who can travel with the band? Everybody. Oh, that's right. Everybody can. Well, as long as they're a grown up, right? I mean, our programs are for adults. Sorry, kids. Yeah, sorry, kids. But if you're an adult, everybody, you too can travel with The Wayfaring Band. Adults with developmental disabilities, caregivers, students, teachers, professionals, activists, interested community members, all of you are welcome to join us on tour and experience our culture of inclusion firsthand. Be a part of it. How can they learn more,
0: Mackenzie? Learn more at www.TheWayfaringBand.com.
1: Let's go. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us. We are here with, of course, Mackenzie (laughs) and myself, Andrea, and Mackenzie's mom, Terencia. Um, Thank you both. We've been having a great conversation so far about kind of what it used to be like, right? The beginning, the process, Mackenzie's. Uh, early life and coming to be in your relationship as mother daughter and the hard times. Um, I think it would be great. Let's let's turn the corner now because the two people I'm, I'm we're in here interviewing today. I mean, this is a very different story than kicking and spitting and biting and name calling. Um, and I think especially for some of our parents who might be listening. Uh it could be kind of exciting to be like, wait, is there light at the end of the tunnel? There is. <laughs> is there, is there is. W- So let's talk about it. What what sh- is there a moment? Is there a turning point? What started to give you all some relief? You want to go first or you <laughs> want me
0: to go first? You need to think about it.
1: Yeah, I'll think about it while you're talking. Okay.
0: I feel like the turning point was uh finding a really good high school. Um tj thomas jefferson high school Uh tj let's go (laughs) spartans um because i've been to like i would say 15 other schools it felt like 15 others probably like 10 other schools wasn't even that many no oh it felt like it felt like a lot to you okay a lot and i i think the second time i was at tennyson center um
1: I uh And Tennyson Center for folks who don't know is more um, like inpatient, right? Yeah. Like you stay there and yeah, get some it's a additional support. It's mostly
2: for But um, she had a year of day treatment there. Yeah. Okay, not when spent she was so seven sleeping seven at home. And then yeah. and then when the she hit time. adolescence the second time was I mean that was huge. Then um, she did some inpatient. Yeah. Oh okay. Um,
0: okay. Why I did inpatient was because I was on so many meds and um my mom my mom was uh, trying to get me all uh, off of it, and I needed a safe place to do that
1: to make the transition. Yeah, yep. Um, so um, and that can be that's relatable for a lot of our families, yeah. right? To be in a position where it's like these meds affect you in all kinds of way, and they're all related to each other, and there's symptoms, and then there's or there's like they're related. They um. What's it called? Like w- side effects, right? So yeah. one, will do this, and then you take one to deal with that. And yeah. so you were trying to get clean mm-hmm. off but of it all. It,
2: let me let me stop you there a second because that that stopping the meds didn't start when you were at Tennyson Center. It was after that. No, I know, but th- and you weren't at Tennyson Center to get you off the meds. Oh, um, and and here's another piece where I think race um, gets interjected, is that. I took her to a private psychiatrist, mm-hmm. um, and what they started doing was they put her on meds. Um, this was early adolescence, um, when things really were going haywire, with her, her brain was just, just firing all over the place. And when there wouldn't be changes, they would up the dose until they would max her out on one medication. Then they'd add another one, max her out on that and add another one. And I would look at, I would set those meds up and I would think, how can this be helping her?
1: And I here mean, you are a nurse too. Yeah, so this isn't just yeah. a, a feeling. This is like yeah,
2: your background I, I just, as well. Oh my gosh. I, And I, so then I talked to Children's about, could we just admit her and take her off everything and see what, what does she really need? I mean, how mm-hmm. do you know that she needs all of this mm-hmm. um, or that it's even benefiting her? And um, there was there's no payer that would pay for her to have an inpatient admission strictly for meds, meds to be reduced, mm-hmm. at least not at that time. I hope that's changed some now. Um, and then I finally got to the point where I just said, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it myself. There's no reason that I can't. Um, I have the knowledge, and I can do the research. And so I just withdrew her slowly on each medication. And I had one psychiatrist who said, I mean, he changed all her meds in one session. Um, and I, when I asked him, well, why... How do you know which one's working if you're not doing one at a time? And he said, "Well, if you want to pay me five fifty an hour to, to do it slow, I'll do it slow." I mean, just that. And I really do think some of that had to do with the fact that she's brown. Yeah. Um. There's such a um, there's such a sense of throwaway in brown kids,
1: um, from white culture yeah. to brown children. Yep. This idea that. You're dis- you're, just you're disposable. Yep, you're okay. disposable.
2: She um, oh, I I don't know it's again it's just a sense. Um,
1: I I, I, I think it's a sense that's hugely backed up in research though oh, from like how, how how foster children black are, and brown children yes. are over medicated yep. and yep. Uh, this idea of like we're gonna we're gonna give you medication to control your behaviors. Yep. I think yep. that's something and so I've noticed we did that. I mean I
2: I set up a I. I did a whole plan, I got her off of everything except for one that I was really scared about and I found a psychiatrist out in Aurora that would um, slowly take her off the other one. He would would oversee it. I asked her six months after she'd been off the meds if she could tell any difference and she told me no. And I can still picture where we were again, we were driving, we were on I-25 and it was like a year later. And she goes, mom, mom, my brain just woke up. Mm -hmm whoa <laughs> I mean it takes a long time for th- and I'm not saying that some medications aren't helpful for kids but I think we need to be a lot more careful than what we have been mm. especially with the antipsychotics mm-hmm. um, the, neuro- the atypicals um, the side of that she wound up with diabetes secondary to the atypical antipsychotics now granted in her 50s or 60s, she would probably have wound up with diabetes anyway, but that brought it on at 13 yeah. um, instead of in her 50s or 60s. So, I- you know, I, I just think that it's something that we need to take
1: less lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, Mackenzie, what's your feeling about that now? Now that you are an adult, do you feel empowered to involve yourself more in decisions about medication? Or do you feel like you notice a difference in your own brain around mm. when you're using different meds and not?
0: Yes and no. Uh, I don't know a lot about medication, so I wouldn't say that.
2: But um. Mackenzie, you y- you know you're not on any medications now other than for your diabetes. Yeah. Um But when the when the OBGYN yesterday asked you if you wanted to take norethindrone. Oh, yeah, I said say. no,
0: because it felt like my brain was, like, foggy. Okay, I um, have tried it. And I tried it before. Which is and just I didn't a like hormone. I didn't like the feeling of it. mm mm-hmm. um, It wasn't,
2: yeah. And you get to choose. You get to say whether or not you you have medications mm-hmm. um, for different things that neurotypical people
1: also experience. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the difference, right? That's the difference. What you just described is that now you're at a point in your life where you it is your choice. Mm -hmm. You are in you are the one who gets to say, actually, that makes me feel foggy. Actually, um, I don't want that where I think for a lot of people in the disability community, we're still fighting for that awareness that, hey, meds are not the answer or they're not the whole answer that they need to be part of some other things for for parents who maybe don't have a the medical background that you have or b the time or the resources or you know some of those things wh- what how how does a parent make right with trying to be an advocate when they're up against oh but i have to work two jobs or oh you know i'm supposed to trust these professionals who are telling me this is what my kid needs like how do you navigate that i you know i think i i, I I am thankful
2: every single day for what I have. I, I I can't tell you enough. Um but I think you I I don't I don't know how you do it. I really don't know how you do it because I look at the times that I have um when well when when Mackenzie's dad was diagnosed um for the first year he was able to live with us after that. He wasn't, and he he had to s- he had to move into his own apartment. He could not live with us. I mean, their two brains just didn't work together, mm-hmm. and he was progressing in a backwards way, and she was progressing in a forwards way. And I I just mm-hmm. I couldn't do both of their brains. Um, yeah. So at that point, it was just me and the two kids, and there were times when I would work, and I would get, I would get a call from the school. You have to come and get her. Um, I left. I just left. Um, I don't know very, very many people that have that um, flexibility sure. that can just say, "Well, they fire me. Screw it. I'll find another job." Um, no doubt. That, you know, I mean, I, that's
1: then maybe the message is there is no there is no way right there, that like for our it medical makes professionals it extremely difficult right. Um, so it that goes mean, back you find on the Advocacy
2: systems. organizations, you know, I I I had I would never go to any kind of IEP without an ARC representative sitting right next to me. Mm-hmm. I did all the talking, they didn't have to say a word. But
1: because they were present, she got what she needed. Um, so going in with some muscle, advocacy groups you, or yeah, other yeah. other advocates. That's super interesting because I know like just working class <laughs> Class is like the thing we don't talk about in this country as much. And also just in this field about the difference about, you know, I think every parent I know who has a child or a young adult with a disability feels like they have to fight tooth and nail to get an inch of ground covered. Um, And, and I guess then to me, I'm like, if that's just, if that's already true, then I guess it comes to our, uh it it becomes an issue for our our medical professionals to be like okay well then then we ask it's on you it's on you the medical community it's on the school community um it's on them to basically acknowledge uh don't don't make us work this hard right you know that like what what about these parents that are working more than one job or who might be single parents or don't have that kind of flexibility um it's it is it's too much to ask It's it's too much to ask to gain that ground and and what you're the the outcome
2: is that that child doesn't get to grow into the person that they they are capable of mm-hmm. um because they didn't get the supports um th- that's that's beyond my comprehension um, why why we want a society like that um
1: yeah, I mean you know so mackenzie going back to this this earlier question of like okay so what what did change what what turned the corner for you and i heard you talk about high school so you talked about finding the right program it sounds like surrounded by some of the right people um i heard you talk about like getting some extra support from tennis and setter, getting off the meds so you kind of came out of a cloud it sounds like does that feel true you're nodding okay um and then and then what tell us about some of the successes that you were able to accomplish that maybe you didn't think was possible when you were younger, what became possible for you once, once you had the structure that you needed? Um, I guess finding the supports
0: in my community, like special Olympics, the wayfaring band, the, well, first it was Adam's camp. Mm -hmm. Um, then the wayfaring band, then special Olympics. And, um, I, the really big thing is I think it was all of the therapists that helped me and my mom communicate what we needed. Um, cause communication is the key, right? Like you should, you know, be able to talk about your feelings and all of that stuff and in a good way, not a
1: bad way. So tell us about it. Like, what do you do now? What, what is your relationship with your mom like today? (laughs) Our relationship today, huh? I'm just kidding. Um, well, you're 24. The? I am 24, almost 25. <laughs> um, Actually, by the time this airs, you're probably going to be 25. Eight. So <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, so you're a, a quarter century. Ee, let's go. Um, what was the question? The question like? is, what does it look like when you communicate with your mom today?
0: Um, I mean, we we talk way more than we used to. Okay. Um I mean our connection is really good now like we can just if we get in a fight we can just fix it like a faster than not like it used to take like a couple days just to come back together but i feel like it takes uh it doesn't take a long time to um apologize
1: so we're not talking about a fantasy land in which there's no conflict, but you're saying yeah. when there's conflict, you have a faster rebound. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, because back in the day, we would, would fight, and we like we would both be at the high point, and we couldn't control our emotions, and that's when we needed help and like respite stuff for me, um, and for my mom. Um, but now I feel like we're way better like a hundred percent better and more communication and we have a really good bond too like um I feel like it's stronger than most a mother and daughter duo I Mm. think yeah
1: what do you think Terencia what have you noticed about what has about your relationship what works
2: I think every time Mackenzie has a success, it builds more success, and that with each one of those, her ability to um tap into being able to verbalize mm-hmm. um, what she's experiencing is better. The other thing is is that you know there are you it, sometimes you just have to wait for that brain to develop mm-hmm. um it there's not you know you can you can have a million therapists yeah but that brain has to develop and that's just being able to hang in there long enough for that to happen man that's that's um,
1: true to that's advice that could go to any parent right that's a that's exactly person. right right
2: um, yep to hang in there yep <laughs> is to hang in there yeah. don't give up on and him. that's right i mean and I, I don't i never gave up on her i never gave up I don't I don't give up easily about anything but it's I wasn't I think you know when she was 14 15 when I would think about her future I would get terrified and some of that terror was that what was she going to do when I wasn't around anymore to ha- to to advocate for her and to make sure that she was safe mm. and I don't worry about that anymore Um, I, I think, you know, we've got things, you know, we've got things set up almost, they're almost completed. She will need supports in certain parts of her life for the rest of her life. Big deal. I need supports. I, Mm -hmm. I can't do my own taxes. I don't, I don't, -hmm. I don't work on my own car. Mm -hmm. We all have challenges. We all have gifts. And if you support the person's challenges, you you min- to minimize that. Um, I function much better if I don't have to worry about doing my own taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing for Mackenzie. There are things. There's no point in her having to learn um, if it if it if it stresses her out and causes the rest of her life to start breaking down. Then it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, Outsource.
1: Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. Yep.
2: Um, so figuring out those pieces and knowing that she'll be she'll be just fine mm-hmm. um she's you know at, at 15 14 15 you know i couldn't picture her being able to drive and she would talk about she wanted to she wanted to learn how to drive um i couldn't picture that i i certainly would never tell her that okay um i a, if she wanted to do something I supported her doing it so that if she didn't, wasn't able to finish it, she wasn't able to do it, she found that out for herself rather than me telling her she couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that she has the right to try anything that she wants to, including skydiving. <laughs>
1: oh (laughs) now that reminds me you have a special story (laughs) mackenzie can you share um a special look at her just shaking her head she looks miserable right now can you share what that little uh that little dig was about you guys all right you better tell us (laughs) you you know
0: this is this is this is a true statement all right so (laughs) last year my mom wanted to go skydiving for her 70th, 70th birthday.
1: Not everyone's 70th birthday choice. And yeah, this what doesn't surprise me for Trentia. Okay. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay. So, I was just coming back from uh, Abu Dhabi from you know, the Special uh, Olympic Special World, Olympics. World Games. Olympics
1: <laughs> World Games. You're like, "Mom, I just kind of had a big <laughs> thing happen in my life. Can we just like have 5 minutes before um, we have to have another another big event?" <laughs> um, and
0: um I ca- I come back sick. And, like, jet lagged. Never had jet lag before in my <laughs> life. Like, that's uh, like the Abu new. Abu Dhabi will
1: give it to you. Woo!
0: That flight, man. And I had a cold. And, you know, I just wanted to sleep, you know? And so she texts me when she's at work, okay? <laughs> and <laughs> she's like, I wish I just got um my reservations in for skydiving. I wish you can do it with me. I was still I halfway. Said, do you
1: want to do it with me? Oh whatever yeah <laughs> so she was basically saying like this is what she wants for her birthday yeah. from you it's for yeah. you to do this with her yeah okay
0: um my dad wouldn't do it or my d- brother wouldn't do it because it they're sane weight. yeah it's they're sane individuals yeah. correct okay <laughs> so that leaves well, you yes and um i and what she said was I want you to do it with me, and I was like, okay, fine. Like, cause I was just like, I was still tired, and I wasn't really reading all of the text messages. Correct.
1: <laughs> I didn't actually read what she wanted me to do, so I said <laughs> yes to shut her up.
0: Yes. That was a mistake. That was a really bad mistake. Okay. Okay. Um. So the, so we were planning on going. The first, the first session was canceled because it was uh, cloudy, and you can't jump out of a plane when it's cloudy, I guess, cause the pilot can't see. <laughs> Okay. All right. The second time we get all dressed up, and
1: Picture, we're going. Picturing you like in prom outfits, jumping out of a plane right now. It's a hot. It was. Oh man. <laughs> um, we get
0: we go to the uh we get loaded on the bus uh to go to the pad thing whatever oh launch pad or. <laughs> um, now I'm picturing you flying into space. Oh, yeah. No, okay. Whatever. Got Guys. Yes. To get on the airplane. Go <laughs> yeah. ahead. We get to there and then the wind starts kicking up and said, "Oh, we can't, we can't go, because the wind is
1: really I bad." I mean, I'm kind of happy to hear that they like will cancel it if the weather's not right. They don't just yeah. chuck you out of any <laughs> old airplane. No, okay. You know? So that so was t- that second one was time. Ca- that okay. was the
0: second time. The third time was golden. Like that's when we got dressed up and everything. And um, ugh. We get in the airplane. <laughs> we get in the airplane. Um, my mom. Oh man. Are
1: you like fully understanding what you're about to do too? No. At this point you're no, like, I, okay, I have agreed like, to jump out of an airplane.
0: I mean, it took a couple, you know, I don't even know what was going on in my brain. You blacked out. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> kind of you just <laughs> your and, body left your body like yes. when you were little. Okay. Um but more intense. Uh-huh. You know. Um so we get all strapped in and I we're doing a tandem. So it means uh we're strapped into another person
1: mm-hmm. who hopefully knows what they're doing. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> but I kid you not, you can feel everything, like mm-hmm. everything, like
1: everything. <laughs> like Meaning you can, <laughs> let me say what you're <laughs> not saying. Are you saying that you, Mackenzie, can feel the body of the person that you're connected yes, you're to? Your so and tight, and me, yeah, you can't even he's take a, man. a deep breath. Yeah,
0: he was <laughs> a guy, it. and he was really, he wasn't my height either, so he was a little shorter, so I could feel everything on my back, and you're really tight in there and i kid you not oh my (laughs) my mom (laughs) i'm so smart like i i was like the last one to get on on the plane oh my god so my mom was first and then i was second second and then we had uh, other people with us um they just opened the door and my mom just
1: starts screaming (laughs) oh my god (laughs) do you mean like screaming like oh i never mind i can't (laughs) do it or just yeah Yeah, she's like oh no you go oh no oh it just (laughs) falls out with you yeah and like, so you start screaming, but they don't care. By this no, point, no, they you're don't going. care. No, you're. you're yeah. She's already out of the plane. Okay, and I
0: was like, oh my god. So you what? just saw I your mom I- die. You just saw her <laughs> fall out of an airplane. Okay, and like, so she's it just gone. Sucked her out, and um, uh, and then I was like, what did I do? And like, usually they say, you want to go. You know, you have like that time to you know prepare yourself. To But panic. no, um, like so they make you squat down, um, and I you're just like got a physical feeling. Okay, and um. You're just looking at the ground, you know, like millions and millions of (laughs) feet down. And uh, you see your life like flash before (laughs) your eyes. And like he counted. I don't even think he did three. He's like, one, two. And then we just jumped out and did a whole bunch of flips in the sky. And I was like, oh, no, (sighs) like screaming. And it was, was, oh, my
2: gosh. and you did it.
0: I did do it. You Um, both did oh my gosh and so then you lived you got to I the did. bottom i did um i wouldn't and i'm never never do doing that again <laughs> <laughs> never,
1: hey look ever. you agree <laughs> you both agree never um, ever again not no
0: y- no i would never nope, do it again nope, um nope. but like i'm so happy she's my mom because like she would push me to do like the unbelievable things like we did like the royal girl 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 Gorge. girl yeah um swing
1: oh um, my gosh a canyon swing those are yeah. terrifying.
0: Um, I'm, uh, I'm embarrassed myself for a minute. Um, I think I was in middle. No, I was still at tennis center the first time we did it. And, uh, we were in line and we have like these like little suits on, like, you know, and I was so scared. I peed in my pants. Sure. Um,
1: (laughs) I mean, that seems like a fair reaction to me.
0: (laughs) And then. We get all hooked up, and my mom's all like, can you just do halfway? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do halfway. These people did not do halfway. Yeah, they're they definitely
1: lying to you. Yeah. They have one they, way yeah. that that goes, <laughs> for
0: sure.
1: You um, fell for it is what actually yeah. happened.
0: Um. And uh, so me, my mom, and my brother did that. Um. Yeah, so, like, she pushes me to do a whole bunch of, like, unexpected stuff, and I think that's what kind of helped me with my out of my comfort zone a little bit as well knowing that she just wants to see my life go away (laughs) i
1: guess (laughs) do you do you admire your mom
0: i do i love her so much (laughs) even though even though um we have our issues i feel like when we have our issues we get tighter together Mm. um like that type of stuff um and like pushing me to uh I didn't want to do snowboarding for the longest time because I would fall and hurt myself, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. She's like, "No, you're gonna do snowboarding," mm-hmm. and now like I'm an ace at it, mm-hmm. um, like that type of stuff. Um, so just, she's she's the drive, yeah, a lot of the time. Um, and then no, no I no. I didn't
2: I didn't mm-hmm. tell her that. What that she wanted to do snowboarding. Well, yeah. And I said, If I sign you up, you're gonna do it for the whole Now
1: that sounds thing. like a real mom ass shit to say. Yeah. Just <laughs> if I sign you up, <laughs> you're, you're damn do well it. Gonna, you're do gonna do it. Every single time. Um and, Yeah.
0: And now I'm like super good at it. So it's like that type of stuff, um, I really admire about her. Like she knows that I can do it and then I say I could do it and then you know now i'm like this cool person
1: because <laughs> of my mom so it sounds like it sounds like Mackenzie. tell me if this is true that you lean on your mom for some confidence sometimes like that yeah. does that feel true yeah that like sometimes when, when you're sometimes, sometimes, sometimes not all the time <laughs> yeah. but that sometimes like <laughs> you you'll let her kind of push you into doing things that maybe you want to do anyway but need that last little little nudge somebody maybe that not even in a you. nudge it's a push it's could like be a a push. A, it's not airplane? sure. It's definitely a push, actually.
2: That <laughs> that's that's what it used to be. I mean, before the skydiving one, it had been a while. You you push yourself, and you do. You have the confidence to do these things yourself. You don't. I'm not doing skydiving again,
1: though. That's fair. I'm not but. either. <laughs> well, Terencia, what do you? What are the aspects of Mackenzie's personality that you're the most uh, in awe of, or? Proud of, or
2: oh my gosh, I, you know, I, I don't have any doubt that she is the best daughter in the whole world. I mean, I just got, I just got this incredibly, just this incredible kid, and um, in young person now in, in my life. I mean, how, how lucky did I get? Um, mm. She's, she's empathic. She's so good with little kids. Mm. She's creative. She's funny. The other thing is, is that a lot of people like her mm-hmm. and that is, I mean, that's, that's a skill you can't teach, you know, that's uh and that makes it, that, that's what reassures me that she is going to be just fine because there are so many people that love to spend time with her and be around her. Um, she's. She's incredible.
1: And when you say, I mean, this, you touched on this earlier, but I think a lot of the parents in our age group are in the same boat. We talked about our, our age group, meaning, uh, sorry, <laughs> the, the group that we work with in the Wayfaring band <laughs> is young adults. So meaning a lot of the parents of young adults are starting to think about what you said earlier about like, what happens after I'm gone? Sure. Right. That's our job. And yeah it's all parents job and then eventually it's sort of like oh it's next or you know it's like it's it's a little bit sooner um and it it feels more alive and so when you i just heard you say she's gonna be okay um can you paint that picture for me a little bit like i you've seen so much you said i never imagined her driving and now she drives um what do you think is right around the corner for her? What 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 might be what might be the next the leap that you that the next she step makes? is that
2: she goes into her own apartment um in 2021 and she set that timeline for herself. Um and with supports that are not provided by me. Mm-hmm. Um that's her that's her next her next big one.
1: Right around the corner, Mac. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right around the corner.
2: Yeah, She's like, you know, she's living in the cottage house behind me that gave her the I mean, you should have seen her face when I told her that's where she was going to be living um, when we first moved there three years ago. It's like, I have to sleep out there by myself. <laughs> OK, so like, some fear, some yeah, yeah. disbelief. <laughs> uh-huh. And now, um. I mean, it's all I can do two nights a week to have her spend any time with me in the evening. It's like, well, I'm going. Uh, you need anything? I'm going over to my house.
1: OK, Um yeah (laughs) well let me ask you both i mean thank you so much for your willingness to share this and um i i love hearing uh just i love hearing your journey Terence, i what i wanted to say earlier is that you have been instrumental in in my um growth as an advocate and i feel emotional about it too but you know you were the first person that i ever heard use just some fresh language like when i was i was searching for how Uh, there was something inside of me that was like, I don't know. Our community feels, I felt hungry for a new model for equity, a new model of relating that felt more authentic and real and, um, justice based. And, uh, that felt more centered in the people that I was actually connecting with, you know, Mackenzie, that would be like more about your voice than, Mm -hmm. than my systems, you know, and Terencia, you have always been, um, I consider you a mentor in that area for me. I mean, like oh, the you've you pioneered that for a lot of us in terms of just how to keep getting out and fighting and trying to have that awareness of like, Hey, there's a lot of people, like you said, who aren't in a position to fight like this. Yeah. And so those of us who are, we've got to, yeah. we have a responsibility
2: to help turn around and pull that next person. Yeah. Up. Um, that's yeah. And that, and there are some amazing advocacy groups in this city now. Um, you know, thrive, C, C, D, C. I mean, they and uh, always the arc. Yeah, um, but there are some uh, a lot of good people doing yeah, good work. Yeah, good.
1: Yep. Do you yeah. either of you have any other questions for each other? Mackenzie's mm, just no. shaking her head. Can you think, can't <laughs> no. think of anything else you want to know about your mom, or anything else you want to say to her?
0: Mm, I love you.
2: I love you. <laughs> are you cooking dinner tonight?
0: No.
1: Mm. some things never change um well then let's wrap up thank you both so much for spending your time um and Mackenzie I just want to share uh thank you for season two thank you you nailed it thanks listeners we appreciate you listening um and going with us on this journey but uh Mackenzie you you've really it's been an amazing uh process doing this podcast with you and um I had a great Man, time what
0: am I going to do on Wednesdays
1: <laughs> 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 I, we're just going to keep eating crawfish It's hey, just going to keep go. doing that thing that's our Wednesday thing sometimes so hey. listeners get jealous hey. um, do you have anything else McKenna or uh, Trensia that you want to say
2: no I think Andrea you're doing a great job you're doing <laughs> a great job with Wayfaring Band and, and you know you just think about how what you've what you've developed um, and how many lives you've affected Mine, too, man. Thank Oof. You.
0: Just
1: didn't try and wipe out mm. all of our <laughs> listeners with tears at the end of season two. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both. Um, Thank Mackenzie, you so much. this is it. What's your sign-off? I'm dropping the mic.
0: Drop the mic. Thank you for all the listeners out there. Um, this stay tuned for season three. Hey, <laughs> no promises. <laughs> uh, but, but
1: whatever we do next, whatever we do next, we're going to... We'll, ke- we'll keep we'll keep our it. good work going. Yeah. Kill it.
0: But thank you so much and have a g- great evening and enjoy life. Enjoy life. Stay lit. Stay lit. <laughs> <laughs> See Bye. you. Later.
1: Everybody In is sound engineered by Karen Hibner with original music by The Dosage. It is produced by The Wayfaring Band, a Denver-based 501c3 nonprofit specializing in life skills and leadership training through travel for adults with and without disabilities. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Later, alligator.